Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this sermon would be a blessing to you. It's amazing how God dishes up certain things at certain times, and it's all relevant to... Like sometimes uh, in our home, we, when it was buzzing with our kids, it was buzzing uh, with them coming and going, and it's school, and it's all the things that are happening, and then Val obviously prepares a meal, and two of the kids say, Dad, Mom, we don't really like this, and Valerie says, Val, it's really, I didn't prepare that for you, I prepared it for Daniel, not for you, and uh, sometimes there are things that happen in the service, and I'm thinking, okay, um, right, I'm hearing, and then Father says, I actually said that for somebody else, so just bear with us, okay, as uh, the Spirit of God says things, announces things, present things, and um, it was just uh, a great wooing, Amber, thank you for wooing us into that place of intimacy, musicians, thank you, um, it comes to a place where we, we come to sit at his feet, and uh, in the hustle and bustle of life, um, we need these times where we stop and reflect and realize the incredible grace that's been poured out upon us, amen, <laughs> hallelujah, so it's good to be together, and uh, last time, um, uh, the, the, the joke was on me. Um, I got up here and I said, even if you've got a sore toe, it's been diagnosed as COVID. Well, I had a sore toe. Guess what? <laughs> I got, got tested positive that Wednesday. So, yeah. Um, so, we've been there, done that, checked the box, okay? And um, so, we have a few niggling sidelines, but um, we're all clear. And, uh, and yes, this is the life we live in and uh, we roll with it. And uh, very grateful for God's goodness, grace, and healing. Amen. Um, I just as I was pondering, sitting quietly as I, I was waiting for Valerie to do a final preparation so she could come here, and I was waiting. Kind of sense that the, God really wants to touch those that have abdominal issues. I mean, um, um, I don't know if Jim and Katie, Jim and Kate, are you here? Kate, please stand up. I, wa- I want you to represent. Um, and then obviously Dave Cape has had, well, like 60% of his stomach removed and is going through it. And I know that there are a whole lot of digestive situations that, um, that, that, that are uh, gluten intolerant. If, that's, if I'm naming things, please stand where you're at because I really feel God saying, I want to touch you right now. Not wait later. I'm not going to leave. Um, if you're questioning whether Jesus heals, yes, he heals today. And he wants to heal right now. So if you've got abdominal things, or you know of people that have abdominal issues, stand, represent them, and stand in the gap. This, is, this, this month is set aside for prayer and fasting, um, and, and Kate, you're on, our, you're on my list, you're up there. Um, I know Trent's wife, uh, pastor of, of Epic, battling it for 14 years, really want to believe God. And I really sense God saying, I want to touch my family, my people, my children today, not tomorrow. Uh, and, and it's today. So, church, would you just stretch your hands towards those that are standing and just, and just realize that they have and they're living with this discomfort. And we understand the enemy seeks to continually batter us. And, uh, but I know that his grace is sufficient for us today. So, Father, thank you as you just, just prompted me to do this. And I know that um, that you, you want to touch. And so, Father, I thank you for the digestive systems and, and all the intricate parts of our stomach and our workings and, and all that has, takes place for us to, to absorb nutrients, to be able to live. 
Today, Father, I speak your divine healing on these, these, these situations, on these people that have stood up and they say, yes, Lord, here I am. They, like the woman with the issue of blood, pressing through the crowd to touch the hem of your garment today, now. And so, Father, I thank you right now that you would touch and heal and make whole. And Father, I thank you that they receive it, believe it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. We'll continue to press and have all the promises of God are yes and amen. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. Like I said, February, we've set aside for prayer and fasting. We have a calendar up there. We've got a couple of names on there. But put your name down and saying, I'm dedicating that day to pray, to fast, and, and just list. I have two or three pages of just going through and naming people, naming situations, issues, and just writing them down. And then in the morning and in the days that we're fasting, just going over them, pondering them, believing God for scripture to speak over them, announcing it, and, uh, and we can participate together. And so um, pick a day that you say, I want to stand in the gap for all these situations and, and just pray and, and, and believe God for this incredible move. And also just pray. I always say, we get up in the morning, it's good to pray and uh, have preventative maintenance done for your day because you don't want to land up in the ditch and then have to try and pray your way out of the ditch. Just let's prevent falling in the ditch by praying ahead of it. And so it's good that we, we can do that. And I want the February to be able to pray into 2022 so we can make sure it's paved with prayer, it's announced with prayer, scriptures declared over it. We have a, a promise that we can anchor our souls because I've, I was taught, uh, uh, told that when I started the church, it says, do not forget in the dark what God showed you in the light. And you may have some dark moments going through the months in 2022, but you can remember that God promised me in February, I've written it down, I've journaled it, and I'm gonna hang on to it, and it's gonna pull me through. Can I have amen? Hallelujah. Oh, there's lots of space on February. Yes, there's lots of days still to go. And uh, it's, yeah, good weight loss program. Fantastic. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And do you like my color shirt? I have to wear all the bright shirts because otherwise on a black wall, guys that are watching live, it'll just be my head moving around if I have a black, a black shirt on. So um, I've got to wear this color. I've got to get connected to a color. Hallelujah. Also, I just want to tell you that the last weekend of this month, we have our business meeting um, straight after church. We kind of gather. We have about a 30-minute chat, tell you what we've done with the finances, what we believe in God with for the finances. You get to find out how much the pastor earns, and you can have that in your, in your arsenal of understanding of, of the church. And then the weekend thereafter is our 17th anniversary. Get your name down if you want to be a part of it and just to bring a, a side dish. We're going to have tables laid out. We're going to have a meal and uh, just celebrate 17 years of God's goodness and grace. Hallelujah. I just also want to let you know, please use our app. We've invested in the app. Uh, the app, Coastal app, is to, to communicate with you. You may say, well, what's happening? Well, there's a full calendar telling you everything that's happening this week, this week and the next week and all the things that are coming. So just communicate with us. It helps us. It gives you all the info. So this year, we've been talking about God's goodness and His grace, and we want to just kind of just continue to massage that in because I want to just let you know that we may have all the information. We may have this whole library of information but then if you don't have that information, then no revelation can come because you do not have any information because the, the zoom zoom word, I call it, comes off the page or the information or you say, right, I've never heard that before. And I, I've had 
many moments where sitting in the pews, listening, and I saying, God, I've never seen that in your scriptures before. God wants to take your information, turn it into revelation, and that causes transformation in your life, where you change, where you change. And so we want that information um, to, to become, come from the pulpit, come from uh, Barry's Bible study. Don't miss Barry's Bible study. It is fantastic. We're studying, studying Paul's journey, his history, his life, went through his different times, he he shared his testimony, it's very powerful, but we wanna be able to be people that are transforming into the image of our Christ and be able to represent him accurately. So we're talking about God's goodness, Exodus 33, 19, Moses is desperate and he says, I ask you, please show me your glory, show me your glory. And the Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. So that was his response. And I want to just talk about the glory. What's glory? Glory is something that you're well known for. Um, If I say Billy Graham, you know what he's well known for. If I say Tiger Woods, you know what he's well known for. That's his glory. And and, and obviously, um, we've got to announce him now, uh, Tom Brady. You know, yeah. yeah, you know what he's, you know what the, the, the glory that goes with those, those people. And so we got to understand that when, when Moses says, show me your glory, and top of the pile, top of the card, God says, I'm going to show you my goodness. So that is what God is known for, his goodness. And so um, it's his fame. His fame goes around that. And his goodness uh, has... Um, it, 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 empower, it, it has an incredible power, his goodness. It just affects humanity. It has a persuasion like you cannot believe when you understand his goodness. When you realize how much he gave so he could have a relationship with us, it's just, uh, it, it grabs you. It's got a pull and it, and, and it, and it changes one. And that's why Paul writes in Romans. It says the goodness of God, and it was an, uh, said by, by, by Rachel, leads you to repentance. What's that word? Metanoia. It changes your mind. It, it, it alters you. It, it affects you. When I heard the gospel in that school building way back when I was a youngster, I heard the good news. It changed my whole understanding. It changed my whole uh, decision-making process. It made me change because I realized it wasn't a sin issue anymore. It was a relational issue. It changed my whole world. And so it's really important that you understand that. So the first month, we're already into the second month of this year. The first month we spoke about first things first. I spoke about priority and principles, and Val spoke about perspective. And uh, Sarah, you did a fantastic job about God's goodness and his, and his greatness, and I really appreciated that. And I watched, guys. I was watching down the lens like all of you guys there. It's nice, to, nice that you could join us live streaming, and it was just great. And just appreciate Fred and Denise putting, such a, putting it all together so we can get such a clear product out there so people can, that can't make it can, can watch it. And so... Um, so I want to just say that this month, I want to speak in the next three weeks. I want to talk about that God's goodness has gifted us. God's goodness has gifted us. And it's important that we understand that. So some folk, you know, you, we've, we've been gifted by family or we've been gifted by a friend or we've been gifted by a stranger, total stranger. Um, suddenly had your, your restaurant bill paid. Uh, wonderful. Uh, um, it hasn't happened too often, but it has happened once in a strange place called Tulsa. Suddenly I went up to pay and somebody says, oh, they've paid for you already. And just suddenly you get gifted. You get gifted with finances or property or a vacation or a vehicle. There's multiple ways that you just get gifted. And, uh, and, uh, and the true gifting is, is freely given. There's no reason. There's no merit for it. It's just a blessing. It's a gift. It's a gift. And God has gifted us. And some of us are aware that we've been gifted. Some of us are unaware that we've been gifted. 
And so we need to, um, um, and then some of us have got gifts that we haven't opened yet. And I know that some of you are guilty. You haven't opened your gifts that you got at Christmas yet. You kind of just, and uh, you took the outside package off and you said, oh, that's fantastic. But you haven't opened it or used it yet. And so some of us are guilty of that because we really understand it, but we don't walk in it and don't believe in it. And, and, um, and so we, we find out that we're not, we're not benefiting from the, from the gift that we've been given. And so I want to unpack three gifts that God, uh, God's goodness has given us at salvation. And so these three gifts are over the next three weeks, and it's going to come from Luke 15. Luke 15, there are three parables that are unpacked there. There's the lost coin, there's the lost sheep, and then there's the lost son. And I'm going to focus on the lost son. The lost son is known as the parable of the son. And so obviously I just want to pick up some of the, some of the story and then pull out the gifts and make us aware that these gifts have been gifted to us. And some of us are aware of it, some of us are not aware of it. And so if we're aware of it, um, we can walk in it and, and see the benefit of it. But, but uh, there were two sons in the family and this lost parables uh, in this, um, the parable of the son. And um, the, son, the younger son woke up one day with a beanie's bonnet. And he says, Dad, I want my inheritance. So dad has to scuttle and, and liquidate some of his a- and gives, give the, gives the son 50%. And the son takes off and he goes off and um, leaves and squanders it and lives on wine, woman, and song. And... Um, and uh, and then famine occurs and uh, didn't work, work too well for him. And so he finds himself hungry, broken, and in a pig pen. The Jew boy in a pig pen, that doesn't go too well. It's not part of there. But I want to pick up the story in, in Luke 17. Luke verse 17, chapter 15, verse 17. He says, and when he finally came to his senses, this is that, the young boy, he said to himself, at home we have a hired servant, have food enough to, to spare, and I... And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as your hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of you being called your, your son. His father said to the servant, quickly, bring the fine robe in the house, the fi- finest robe in the house, and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf that we've been fattening, and, and we must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was fattened. He was fattened. Sorry. The son of mine was dead and has now returned to him. He was lost and now he is found. We see here in verse 22 that there are three gifts that he gives his son right off the bat. A robe, a ring, and some shoes. And so today, we're going to realize that the gifts are given to a son, not servants. Gifts are given to the son, not servant. And that the father was not only, he just didn't have love and compassion. He said, they say he was filled with love and compassion. And he ran to his son. His son had prepared the speech that he was going to tell his dad, listen, I am, I've sinned and I'm not worthy to be your son. Please, could you, can I be your hired servant? Not a slave, a hired servant in your house. The father ignores the son's rehearsed confession and orders the, orders the hired servant to bring a robe, a ring, and some shoes. The father's love and compassion 
ran out to that boy. That is what the father does. I've spoken to some people that have found themselves in such a challenge of sin. I said, please do me one favor. I know you feel like it's impossible to get to God. I said, just turn and face him. Just turn and face him. He'll come running and it will affect your life. And the reason why he, uh, he kind of had, I can't put two, three reasons down that he, he kind of ran to the boy is why because he was compelled by the love he had for his son. Got him, he got his, he's got his Nikes on and he says, I'm going for my boy. And, and he ran for his boy. The other thing is he wanted to confirm his sonship. Nothing had changed, my boy. Nothing had changed. It covered his shame. It said, listen, let's get a robe. Let's just cover, cover the shame. I know that you have this, this whole, this, this, these days that you've been living in sin and you got all that. And he wanted to communicate his worth. And God, the Father's goodness today is doing the same. He says his love covers a multitude of sin. And so that's what his love is doing today. So as we look at these scriptures, he talks about us being family. And he's treating us like, he treat, like the father was treating the prodigal son. I wanted just some scripture just to kind of just massage it into us. Ladies, I'm sorry, we're going to call you sons today. And men, we're going to be called the bride today. Okay, so we're going to have this, this whole gender thing sorted out quite easily. All right. Um, so, but John 8, John 8, 35 says, A slave is, is not a permanent member of the, of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. Come on. Galatians 4, 7, it says, Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then you are an heir of God through Christ. Listen to what the scriptures are saying. Listen to the scriptures. In John 15, 15, it says, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slave. Now you are friends since I have, I have told you everything the father has told me. We're not servants or slaves. We're sons and daughters in a family. We need to establish that in our hearts. And there is um, uh, an importance that, that we rock solid in that. The first gift that I'm, I'm just going to unpack one gift today. I'm going to unpack the other two in the next two weeks. But the first gift I want to unpack is the gift of the robe. Bring the finest robe was the, was the instruction. Here in Isaiah, in, in, in Isaiah 61, 10, it says, I am overwhelmed with joy in the, in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothes of salvation and has draped me in the robe of righteousness. The prophet was announcing what Jesus was going to be doing to us. We've been gifted with God's righteousness. And you say, okay, that's, that's fine. But righteousness is an acceptance, an approval, a right standing with God. That is what happens when we come to that place of salvation. Many don't know that when, when, at that salvation, we were gifted from God. We, it contained within the miracle of salvation, contained within it is this wonderful gift of, of, of righteousness, being right standing with God. Not our righteousness, it's, it's, God, it's, it's his righteousness. Romans 5, 17 says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even right, even, even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over the sin and death through his one man, Jesus Christ. This wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. It's a gift I don't work for a gift. It's just given to me. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for, my, my God, for uh, God made Jesus who knew no sin 
to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. In Romans 3.22, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. So we've got to understand that there is this gift of righteousness that's given to us who believe. There's something about this gift of righteousness. Firstly, a gift is earned, not earned. <laughs> You're listening, Valerie. Well done. Get, get cued from the front row, yeah. Many don't know that they have been gifted with righteousness. And some are hearing it for the very first time. So be, those that know it, bear with me as I tell those people that don't know it, that they have a gift, and it's the gift of righteousness, right standing with God. When I came to Christ, I got the gift. And some, though, we start understanding, we come to Christ and we realize this wonderful gift, but then we start acting like we've earned it. We forget quickly that this was a gift and we need to be aware of it. Our behavior does not earn righteousness, does not earn righteousness. So we can't start strutting around, around like we earned the robe of righteousness. No, it has been gifted to us. So there's no, you can't get so all arrogant about it that I, I'm righteous because of me. No, no, I'm righteous because of him. That's, that's just the bottom line. So it's a 100% gift, zero earned. So you gotta understand that. The truth is the residing Christ empowers us to change our thoughts and our actions. Our righteousness just doesn't cut it. Our righteousness doesn't cut it because Isaiah tells us in 64, 6, when we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. We understand that our righteousness cannot hold a light to almighty God. I need his righteousness. So the question, what did the prodigal son do to earn the gift of this fine robe? Nothing. <laughs> he did nothing. He didn't earn it. The prodigal son, what's the prodigal mean? It's wasteful living, living without restraint, sexual promiscuous, intoxicating living. That's what it's all about. That's what, when you hear a prodigal son, it's not a, it's, it's not a nice word to be tagged to your name. You're a prodigal. <laughs> okay. But here we go on and says, I'm no longer worthy. This is what he's saying to his dad. I'm no longer worthy. I have no worth and value of being called your son. Important that you understand this. So when the son was at home, he thought he was worthy. He thought he was worthy because he was at home. Why? Um, well, the eldest son, he, he stayed at home, so was he worthy? Did he have more value and worth than his, than his brother? We measure our worth by our performance, our behavior, our works. That's how we, we measure our worth. We who have grown up in church and have lived obedient lives, we may have this I am worthy attitude. I am worthy. But I want to just tell you that our worthiness doesn't cut it. Or we've had a good week. We've done our devotions. Yes, we fasted, as the pastor asked. And yes, we're feeling quite worthy because we've had a good week. Some of us are sitting here saying, yuck, I kicked the dog. I lost it verbally. I did not do my devotions. I didn't even pray, never mind fast. And I'm feeling unworthy sitting here today. And I want to just tell you, my question is, who and what determines our worthiness? What is it? We see the Father reveals the Son's worth and value. And it's not, not based on what he did or didn't do. 
He, the Father, determines your worth. The Father determines the value. And you gotta, we gotta understand that. Performance has nothing to do with receiving the gift of righteousness, the finest robe. Nothing. None, none of my performance makes it. His love determines our worth. His love tells us we are worthy. His love. And God so loved us. It's God's goodness that wrapped in his love that gifts us with righteousness. It's nothing to do with us. And that should rattle your cage. It's, it's just his love. You say, God, I, I, didn't, I didn't make the cut. I, I, didn't, I didn't cross the T's, dot the I's. He says, I don't care. My love chooses what I want to do, and I find you worthy. I want to see that righteousness, the scripture says, has been imputed to us. Imputed is an accounting word. It's an accounting word. It's applied to your account. And here in Romans 4, 6, I may, we may have written it 4, 3 up there. It says here, David also described the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. The, the man who gets righteous and added to his account is blessed because it's apart from works. In Romans 4, 23, it says, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. But also for us, I shall, he, it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. It's an accounting term. It's here in, 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 in Romans 4, 3 that um, it's written as an account. Abraham believed God and it was accounted, imputed to him as, righteous, as righteousness. God has placed his righteousness into our account. And he has placed all our sin, our shame, our shortcomings into Jesus' account. So God has balanced our account, imputed righteousness into our account, and has placed all the things that, 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 that uh, should have been removed from our account, and he's placed it into Jesus' account. We have a balanced account because it has been gifted to us. As he adopted us as his son and daughter, he has gifted us. He's imputed righteousness to us and we did nothing for it. We just pitched up and said yes to Jesus. And Jesus is fine. Let's do this account transferal and let's put your debt into Jesus's account and let me put my righteousness into your account. How good is our God? How good is our God? So our account is balanced. Something out about us, about our, our gift I want to tell you, this gift of righteousness, it's going to be challenged. It's going to be challenged like you cannot believe. Don't listen to the accusers when I want to head it. Don't listen to the accuser. We see out in Revelations 12, uh, starting with verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ has come for the accuser of, the, of our brethren who accuses them before our, our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of the, their testimony and they did not love their lives to death. You realize that the enemy stands before us and before God and accuses us day and night. You're not worthy. You're not righteous. You know, and he will continually push you until we graduate. 
he will continue. And we've got to make sure we don't listen to the accuser. Even Eve, right there in the beginning, here he says, you won't die. God is, not, God is lying to you. He's holding out on you. He, he, he laid that kind of accusation and, 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 and brought Eve to a place where she, she said, no, no, listen, uh, and, 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 and allowed the accuser to get to her. Jesus, being led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And here that uh, 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 Satan goes to him and says, if you are the Son of God. In case you just may, you may have just got, been smoking good stuff, but you walking here in human flesh, walking here on the earth, and here you call yourself the Son of God. But Jesus turns around and he says, no, 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 I'm not just the son of God. I am the beloved son of God because I just heard my dad's voice when I came out of the waters of baptism. He says, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. And so we got to understand, man, we got an accuser and he's going to press us day and night. Today, he's going to question you on your righteousness. Every time you, you slip up, every time you fall, every time you mess up, he's going to press you. You're, uh, you're not right standing. What is the solution? Our solution, I'm just telling you, you've got to say, it is written. It is written. It is written. I, uh, yes, I, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am. It's a gift to me. I'm sorry for that, but I've got a gift. And I've been gifted with the righteousness. Psalm 103, verse 10, it says, God has not dealt with us according to our sins. Thank you, Jesus. Nor punished us according to our iniquities. Thank you, Jesus. For as the heavens are as high above the earth, so great is your, his mercy towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That is a good God. That is what I throw up in the accuser's face. I am loved. Sorry for that, devil. I am loved and I'm righteous. And I'm not messing up and I'm not intending to, but God, it, he loves me. I'm his green-eyed boy. What can I say? I'll come back to the accuser. It must be God's word, God's promise, God's goodness. As the accuser nyanyas in your ear, say, God is telling me that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am. Just, and so I want you to understand this. And I want us to remember that when we're into this whole good deeds thing, sometimes what we're doing is good, that, that we call good is not God. I want us to be, remember that, that, that the, everything we do, it doesn't guarantee us that we're doing things that, 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 that are right with God. Good is not necessarily right. Because when, remember when Peter he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. But my father revealed that to you, Peter. A few verses later, he's telling Jesus, no, you're not gonna die. And he turns around and he says, get behind me, Satan. You can be mightily used of God and mightily used of the devil. All right? So don't let the goodness, the, 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 the good behavior and stuff uh, um, kind of just suck you into the place where I'm okay because I've done this good and that good, good and that good. But I want to just let you know, I want Valerie to share about her sister. Now her sister, was, whew, she was a godly lady. Dee was an amazing lady. And so she went to this conference and while she was at this conference, um, this lady came and said this to her. We met. Good one. Unintentionally. <laughs> we were at a conference in Cape Town, um, a huge conference. And Dee was one of the speakers. I was leading the worship and the pastor of this church, I don't know if you knew Walty Sneeman from um, Cape Town, 
But his wife, by the second day, looked at my sister and said, Dee, I have to tell you something. You are mightily used of the enemy. And I remember my sister and I, both our eyes just going, whoa. And she said, I'm saying this to help you. My sister wanted to meet every need possible. And she said to her, what's happened is your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. And who creates, who is the creator of needs? Who creates needs? It's the enemy, not God. So you are fulfilling the works of the enemy by constantly trying to meet a need that God hasn't called you to meet. Therefore, he's wearing you out. So you are a tool of the enemy. Everything that is good is not necessarily God. And that revelation changed my sister's life to where she learned it's not up to her to meet every need. She's an instrument, but she listens to God and the Father. Otherwise, he'll have you running around, running ragged to where you can't do what he's called you to do because you're so busy fulfilling meeting needs of the enemy. Thank you, Valerie. Hallelujah. So I just want to say that we can be used, uh, and I say this with Dee, she had signing power um, on checks at the, t- at the church back there, and then this lady came with her bowo and couldn't feed their kids and all that stuff, so nothing for Dee, but she writes a check, hands it to check to Dee, uh, to, to, to the lady, and off they go. To find out that Saturday, she went, this lady had bought a nice dress, they were um, at the horse races, and they were gambling the rest of the money, so... Uh, and they lost the money. And anyway, she, she came out with that check with a dress and uh, all that stuff. So um, sometimes you got to say, God, do I, do, what do I do here? I see the need is blatant. Some, and say, well, maybe you're just deforming them because if you continually, continually help them, you deform them. And I'm saying that all these things because we put this works program all into that. And, and the accuser will then say, well, why aren't you helping? Why aren't you helping? And say, well, my dad said no. And so that's why. So the third thing I want to sort of talk to you as I close now, the robe requires us to represent. The robe of righteousness that God has placed on us requires us to represent. And it's important that we see that. We've been gifted with, with the right standing with God. We have, been, we have sonship bestowed upon us um, as a gift. We are sons and daughters and not servants and slaves. We've been placed in a house and no, we don't live in a pig pen no longer. And we are working, um, we are to walk in the line of our, in line with our gifts, gifted position and our gifted place as sons and daughters. You understand when, when, when you get, put a, get a military uniform placed on you and uh, you, you represent that military uniform. Or you have, a, we used to, at school, we used to have school uniforms um, that, that we used to have to wear. And so when you're wearing that, I see some, some companies have uniforms that they, 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 they operate in. You represent. And so when we have this robe of righteousness, we are then required to represent and we're not only just uh, with God, God's not only saying, now listen, I'll, I want you to toe the line now. He also sends Holy Spirit to empower us, to help us, to, to, to guide us. Um, and it's impossible to live a perfect life, but God can help us choose right from wrong as we walk, walk, down, uh, walk, walk in life. And so we don't serve and behave to become his family. We serve and behave because we are family. That's what we've got to do. We've got to understand that we represent. When people say, see you, do they see the Christ-likeness? And we, do we represent the righteousness that has been placed upon us? And so here in Revelations 19, 7, it says, let us be glad and rejoice and give 
him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. We have walked the process of righteousness out and it has affected us and has changed us from the inside out and we started and, and we've made ourselves ready. And to her, it has been granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the, the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. You understand there is clothing that we're going to walk in in, in in eternity that is caused by the way we walked out righteousness and walked out representation of the kingdom of God here. It's going to be rewarded to us because it says here, it's righteous acts of the saints. That's what, 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 what adorns the bride at the wedding when we come to Christ. And so it's so important that you understand what we're doing here on earth and what we're doing and in our walk and stuff. It, it represents, and, and God's robe of righteousness um, it, 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 we will be part of us, but we will be clothed in a display of the acts that took place here. Our obedience, our lifestyle, representing kingdom and uh, the king and the kingdom dis Displaying his love, his heart, it will translate to things, uh, the, 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 the tire of eternity. The way we walk in eternity is going to be determined by how we walked here. And uh, so we, we say, oh, well, fine, I've got the robe of righteousness. I can live a debauched life. That's, the, that's, not, that's not what hard works. We've got to represent the robe we wear. We've got to we represent it. And so um, I'm not earning my righteousness but I'm bearing fruit of God's righteousness. That's what I'm doing while I'm walking here. So in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, uh, 19, it says, do not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are no, not your own, for we have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which, which are God's. Is that the message? I'm done, no, almost. I'm landing, I'm landing. I'm landing. I want to just tell you, those that have married into royalty, you get, you get, um, you get the clothing, you get the, the whole, everything, the array that goes with all the royalty as, as you join that family. So you understand that's all part of it. Now, I just want to close with this thing, which kind of was a last thought. What would have happened if the prodigal son met the brother before it met the father? <laughs> I was wondering about that. I want to just tell you, many of us, many of us have met the brother. Many of us have met the brother. I call it religion. Religion would challenge you, shame you, declare the prodigal brother as unworthy. The, the, the religion would make you earn the way back and make you live like a hired servant. That's what the brother would do. Thank God he met the dad. Because the dad, filled with love and compassion, ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him even though he is smelling like a pig pen. And you may feel like, oh, man, I've kind of had a, lived a life and I'm smelling like a pig pen. I want to tell you, you're going to get embraced and you're going to get kissed all over because my dad loves you, absolutely loves you. So God has gifted us with a robe, with a ring, and with shoes. It's important that you understand his righteousness. Would you pray with us? Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Your goodness just overwhelms us. That you just gifted us with righteousness that we are staying just as if we never sinned, five God. And here we can stand in your presence. We can come boldly into your presence. We can come and, 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 and walk with you and talk with you. 
and that you've made a way right through because this gift of righteousness has been bestowed on us, uh, imputed on us. The accounts have been settled. I owe nothing except love. And so, Father, I want to say thank you today. And Father, as uh, the sound of my voice reaches those online and those in, in, in this room, I just thank you that what we know that we have access to you, that the, that massive curtain in the temple has been torn between the holy place and the holy of holies so we can have access to you. And so we have access because this robe of righteousness has been bestowed upon us. It's been placed on us and it's just a gift and we wanna say thank you. And some of you here in the sound of my voice, you have not responded to that or you didn't even know that. But I wanna tell you that if you just turn your face towards him and say, Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you, would you be my Lord? Would you, would, you, would you walk with me? Would you talk with me? Would you just be my friend and, and my brother? I wanna just tell you that robe gets wrapped around you. And so it's a gift. And he wants to give that gift to you today in the act of salvation where you come to respond to Christ. If that's you, it's just a prayer away. Prayer is a, it's just a conversation you have. It's uh, relinquishing uh, my way and saying, God, have your way. And if that's you, just pray with us. As a church, we pray out loud just to help you to pray. But just say, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God and that you died on that cross for me. You paid for my sins. Today, I accept you. I turn to you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And today, I say thank you for the gift and the robe of righteousness. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You've prayed that prayer. Get with me, talk with me, talk with a leader. You've stepped into the kingdom of God. You've stepped into the realm where God walks with you and talks with you and he wants to grow his relationship with you. It is a wonderful thing to RSVP that invitation. And when you do, things start changing and his power comes and empowers you to change. There's some of us that... Um, We've kind of uh, haven't got this righteousness thing in, in place. We kind of feel that we have to earn it. Can we lay that to rest and just receive it as a gift? And uh, remember, the accuser is going to nail you, continually whine at you. He's going to nyanya you from sunrise to sunset. And every time you lose it as a driver or with the other driver, and you're going to, whatever you're going to be doing, the enemy's going to nyanya you. Don't let him have a seat at the table and accuse you of being unrighteous. You say, listen, yeah, I'm fine, I messed it up. But my dad has covered me with a robe of righteousness. Church, we've got to get it right. We've got to get it right because you will be dragging this anchor of guilt and shame and sin and I'm not right and I'm not worthy. Forget it, it's been cut, it's been imputed, the account's been settled, it's sorted. Let's get on and live for Christ. Let's live and represent him, amen? Hallelujah. So Father, as we transition, just have a, a song just to, to send us off, Father. We thank you that we, 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 we are righteous in you. You hug us and kiss us all over, no matter how, how, how we smell or where we've been and what we've done. You kiss us all over today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you.